Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Encore, where we have candid conversations about the practical applications of Sunday's message. Well, hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of Sunday Encore, where we sit down to recall the truths of Sunday's message and consider some practical applications to our everyday lives. We're so excited to be with you here today. As always, I am one of your hosts, Spencer, and I've got my wonderful co-host, Adam. What's up? And we are ready to go this week. We wrapped up an incredible series uh, called Our Identity in Christ. If this is your first time, if you haven't been listening, we do encourage you to listen to the messages or the encores, because I think it's been profound. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved this series, and we had an awesome Sunday yesterday as a church family celebrating Flannel Fest, and that was awesome. It was great. Anytime I can wear flannel to church, I mean, you wear flannel to church a lot. I, it's true, I do. <laughs> and you know what it is? Is because I just man. So do your voice. I got so much. Yeah, my voice. We every love, every day is flannel. We fest. love flannel, <laughs> but you know, it's just so funny, like. And not knocking my past, or but I remember growing up in church where it's like suit and tie, suit and tie, suit and tie. Yeah, I remember yeah. like I remember even working at a church where I had to wear a suit and tie, and I only could only afford one suit, and I wore the same blinking suit yeah, every seriously. Sunday. <laughs> and it wasn't even a good suit, man. It wasn't even one that was like tailored and fit nice. Like oh, it was sloppy looking. Baggy. And so, I mean, I, I'm all about dressing up, and and you know, we have to, you know, there's seasons where to wear a suit or whatever. But man, I just love just being able to dress comfortably yeah 100 percent. thank you yeah, jesus it was great lots of fun kids had fun tractor rides and all that stuff tractor Love. rides and donut walls oh it was great it serving was, the community and gathering as a family and just yeah. having fun it was met awesome. new people again yesterday again I, what a joy that is to on sunday to meet new people mm-hmm. and people feel comfortable to invite their friends to church and family members yeah. and being able to meet them and absolutely and i think what that's a great opportunity we can serve our community and so mm-hmm. yeah it's it was a good it was a good sunday thanks for everyone who supported and part of it and showed up and absolutely man worship was great man yeah. it was just the the atmosphere was great started off with a great fun game yeah it was good it was just a good day it was a good day 100%. so yeah it was awesome but yeah we are wrapping up this kind of identity in christ series as we've been kind of you know, skimming through, <laughs> and I say skimming through because we really were skimming through like the full blaze running through Ephesians. <laughs> you know, I, I I know there are there are preachers and, and churches that will spend like a whole year on a book. Like Honestly, Ephesians you could like the, the passages that we've been through. We could go line by line, week by week, easily. It's there's a lot there. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, we kind of skim through it and um, really allowing ourselves to, if we're gonna live this kind of all in faithful follower of Jesus then we have to understand that our identity is not in ourselves, but our identity mm-hmm. is actually rooted in Christ. Yeah. And so just kind of within that context, just realizing, okay, what does this actually mean? And last week you were talking about, you know, that we're united with Christ. And so we're united with Christ as an individual, but more than that, like more actually probably more important than that, we're united within the body of Christ instantly, exactly. yeah. you know, which, which he is the head of. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does that look like? And then kind of picking up on that theme, you know, we kind of re- re- reiterated that, you know, Paul tells us that we are to make every effort to keep that unity, mm-hmm. right? We have we have to make every effort to keep, which means there's a there's a sense of responsibility Absolutely. on us yeah. to pursue, um, to pursue unity. And mm-hmm. again, disunity, like weeds, does not need help growing. It will grow on its own. Yeah. 
And uh, that's like sin. Sin doesn't need help growing, but you have to work at, you know, becoming, you have to work at making it right. You have to work at pulling out those weeds and focusing on unity. And, and so, you know, what does that actually look like? And, and, you know, if we were to take that 30,000 foot view of scripture, and I know this is just a, this is a very general statement, but if you can indulge me for it, you know, if you look at the, ever since the garden of Eden, the fall of mankind, God's pursuit has been to unite his people back to himself. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's all about unity. It's about, I want to unite my people back to myself and with one another. It's the know? very image of redemption. It's, that's the whole point Absolutely. of Scripture. And, and we will see that. There will be come a day where that will finally happen. Yeah. But if, that was, if that's God's primary purpose, then wouldn't it make sense to us that the devil's primary purpose mm-hmm. is to keep us disconnected or mm-hmm. to divide us mm-hmm. from one another, but more importantly, from God. Yeah. Like we don't need him. And so he comes into the garden in Genesis three and he says to Eve, did God really say, and he's, he's trying to cause doubt and divid, divid, doubt, which cause, which will lead to division. Right. And, um, mm, yeah. And so, you know, we, this is this, this kind of reoccurring thing. And we see this division play out every day in front of us, right? We see it on our social feeds. We see it in parliaments. We see it in college campuses and city streets. We see it in church communities. We see it <laughs> around kitchen tables. We see it among our families and our friends and our coworkers. And crazy enough, even strangers, like we are arguing with people we don't even know who they are. Half of them are probably Autobots. You know, they're not even Facts. like, they're not even real people, but we're in a deep argument with them on social yeah, media or seriously. something. And so, you know, we have to, we have to fight for unity. And I think one of the kind of the groundwork we laid a little bit yesterday was this idea that it's an important distinction between division and disagreement, Mm. you know, Mm. because I think sometimes we can abuse the reality that you have to then just uh, mindlessly submit. Right. It's like unity looks like, I think I said this in my message too, but like unity and uniformity. Yeah. It's like two different things. Like you can have unity and disagree. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I, and I think sometimes, you know, and I'll speak to the church as a pastor, as a representative, sometimes we can misuse or miscommunicate unity as sort of like you just need to submit and honor the authority of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Even if you disagree with it, 100%. You, you need to just submit to it. And if you don't submit to it or if you question it, then you're out of alignment, you're out yeah. of agreement, you're then out you're of unity, you're causing division. Totally. And I which can be the which, case. Which can happen. I'm of course. Not, I don't want to say I don't want to again, I don't want to create another blanket statement on yeah. the other side of yeah. it. But totally. I do think disagreement is a welcomed part of scripture. I mean, yeah. a Proverbs twenty seven, seventeen talks about how iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You know, so a friend sharpens another. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a conflict mm-hmm. that, that, that that's presented as a conflict like mm-hmm. this is a but it's also presented as a positive thing mm-hmm. faithful are the wounds of a friend right like this is a good thing yeah it's healthy where and and so actually if we listen to disagreement disagreement with a common cause or disagreement with a common pursuit i think that's, that's good the, i think that's the the kind of yeah. the then we can actually, and we we seek to listen to understand. It actually helps us grow and be in, in our relationship with Jesus and as individuals, as followers of as followers of Jesus. I think the difference is though that division is actually divisive, right? So it's <laughs> we're defining it. The thing about division is it divisive. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. It's the best. It's great. You know, 
Um, but it does. It pulls us in opposing or opposite directions, right? Yeah. So visualize, again, tug of war. Tug of war is that kind of, again, presented conflict, mm. right? Mm. But it's pulling in two different directions. Right. And so, again, and, you know, Jesus talks about a house divided among itself cannot cannot stand, right? Mm. Like there is this, if you're pulling two different directions, this house isn't going to stand. Yeah. And, but here's the, here's the thing is that ironing, sharpening iron and tug of war in the moment both feel like conflict. Right. Wow. Like they're both. It both feels like conflict. Right. It. it and you know. And so the. the well, yeah, that's we, really good because then we've blurred the lines that they're both the same thing. They're both the same thing. Hundred percent. And so what we, I think, there's a couple things. What we all have to check our own heart. I think that's that's part of it. Whenever, every time we come into these moments, but really, what we need is the wisdom to discern the two. Like, hmm. well, the wisdom to discern is this conflict. Is this conflict division or is this his conflict being like, hey, I, I gotta I gotta think through something. I heard yeah. a preacher say a good idea can withstand scrutiny. Mm, that's good. You know, like if God is if if you're working through something and you feel God is leading you in, in that direction, then that idea can withstand scrutiny. Yeah. So invite a different perspective. Invite mm. a different um, you know, someone who sees it differently or a different experience to the table. Absolutely. That's what just, it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so we have we have to make every effort. So Paul is saying, "Listen, you got to make every effort, even though you see things differently, even though you disagree with one another, even though you're different parts of the same body. You know, um, you got to work together, mm-hmm. work together for a common cause. And I think that's the the uniqueness is, hey, we're going to disagree, but we're disagreeing because we want to make the common cause better. We want to advance the common pursuit. We're gonna we have the same objective." Right, we're going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. We're not pulling in two different directions, mm-hmm. which good. is what division does, right? And so we're called to make every effort. And so, I mean, with we don't get, have time to get into all this, but how we make every effort, Paul says over and over in Scripture, is you need to clothe yourself. You need yeah. to clothe yourself with humility and compassion and gentleness and patience. Like you need to clothe yourself with kindness. And so mm-hmm. there's this there's responsibility that we need to take the the clothes that God gives us, mm-hmm. right? These are gifts of the Spirit, but we actually have to apply them to our life, mm-hmm. right? So they're they're not ours. We don't generate them ourselves. We don't mm-hmm. create them on our own. Right. We, we take the things that God has given us, yeah. but we have to apply it. Right. Uh, we have to put it into our life. And so we talked a little bit about taking that responsibility, receiving His grace, right? That God gives grace to the humble, mm. you know. And so yeah, we're all going to mess up. There's going to be days where we slip up or we and ourselves have caused maybe hurt or division Mm. that could lead to disunity or hurt that could lead to disunity so we got to surrender that we got to receive his grace to to keep to keep clothing ourselves with humility toward one another and then we have to then which i believe is the best way to do this is when do you get when do you get dressed well i get dressed as soon as i get out of bed it's the the first thing i do in the day yeah i get dressed and so, you know, Paul tells us in Romans, he's like, well, clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus, mm. you know, why? So you don't think of yourself in ways and indulge your evil desires. Mm. Like there's, you, you got to get dressed, mm. clothe yourself in the presence of God so that you can fix your focus on him and don't let yourself think of, think of ways that will indulge your evil desires. And so this is how we're going to do it. We're going to take responsibility. We're going to receive God's grace. And then we're going to start our day with Jesus. It yeah. kind of sounds like if you just read your Bible and pray every day. Come back to this moment of just allowing, you know, taking this sense of responsibility, but but leaning into to all that God has for you, like yeah. the presence of God. So it's in that heels, it's on the heels that Paul then picks up on in Ephesians 6, where he tells us to 
put on. Now, he doesn't use clothing, but it's the same concept. Right. You need to put on the armor of God. Yeah. Again, so this, arm, this armor doesn't come from yourself. It's not something you generate on your, on your own, but it's the, it's the gifts that God has given you. Mm. These are the gifts of truth, the gift of righteousness and mm. salvation and peace, right? The gift of faith. And the word of God, which mm-hmm. is this beautiful gift mm-hmm. that every one of us have access to. Yeah. And so Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 to put it on. Why do, why do we need these things? Because there's a struggle. There's a war that's happening. There's mm-hmm. a battle that's raging that is beyond our f- full understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about, you talked about that last week. That this, there's a mystery of being united with the body of Christ mm-hmm. that, that we can try to dissect and we can try to understand as much as you know like a, a limb is connected to a body or, totally. or a tree a branch is connected to a tree like yeah, we yeah, can yeah. there's these images that help us conceive it a little bit mm-hmm. but there's something about it that we'll never fully understand no it's like it's like i explained it's like that metaphor that explains a functional reality not just like an imagery mm-hmm. but imagery is the only way our human mind can understand we can it. get it right? yeah Totally. But so there is this mystery that Paul is saying to us, and he's just reiterating the words of Jesus. He's saying, listen, there is a spiritual battle that's coming. Yeah. And so if you want to survive this spiritual battle, you need to clothe yourself. You need to put on yeah. this armor of God. And so, you know, we can't get into the whole thing, but ultimately we're going to find our strength because our strength comes in rooted in Christ, our identity is in Christ, but our strength is actually in the armor of God that he's given us, the things that he's given us. That's yeah. where our strength falls. Yeah. And so it's in his mighty power. It's what, it's what David said when he said to Goliath, you know, you're coming at me with sword and shield, and javelin and spear, but I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. Like our strength is in, yeah. in God. Yeah. Then we can stand firm when we put on the armor of God. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, what, like you think about a, a soldier in an army without an armor versus one with an armor. Like there's a probably sense a of- Probably a bad idea. Probably a bad idea. Probably. And so our strength is in there to stand against the strategies of the devil. Mm-hmm. And again, I- the one we, I think we give the devil a little bit too much credit sometimes. Yeah, I think oftentimes that I don't know. It's not, and I'm not saying I have it right. I don't see a balanced perspective too much. I see either a too high view of Satan or a too low view of Satan, recognizing that either the devil's, like I think you mentioned a similar idea, like the devil's under every rock, which he's not, but he's under some. But he is there. You yeah. know what I mean? And the devil's present and his schemes and his plan we need to recognize that his mm-hmm. plan is to kill us yeah. to steal kill and destroy yeah. that is his plan and purpose and it's been his plan since day one absolutely and he just recycles the same things yeah with every generation right and we need to recognize that the reality that we see with our eyes yeah is not as real as the really real thing that's happening in the spiritual right. realm like what's happening that we can't see is far more real than what's happening than what we can see yeah and that's the mystery. And that's the mystery. But we have to clothe ourselves with that in mind, knowing that, okay, I may not understand, but give me eyes to see, Lord, as I put on your defense. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is where we find strength. And I think they, this is, I have these, you know, we were talking about yesterday in our message. I was thinking about that imagery of like, we we find our strength, but our strength is only made possible because of the strength of the father. So it's like when the father is, is working with a child and, you know, like loosening a bolt, whether it's maybe on a car or something like that. I and loved this. And it's like, it's strong. Yeah. So the dad maybe does the first kind of like yeah. breaks. That hard he, one. That yeah. hard one. Yeah, breaks yeah, the yeah. seal. 
and then he gives it to his son <laughs> and then his son's like loosening it and the dad's like man you are so strong <laughs> and the son feels good about himself yeah, yeah. but the dad knows your strength is solely because of what i just did for you yeah absolutely and the son doesn't fully get that till he becomes older and mature, right? Yeah, of but in the moment, the kid's like, look what I just did. Yeah, I totally. am super strong. And there's this beautiful, like, God allows us to partner with him. Yeah. And he does all the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but we sometimes take all the glory, you know? <laughs> and so really, but we our, our strength, how we survive these things is understanding, hey, no, there's a God who's doing all the heavy. He did all the heavy work. Yeah. And he's continuing to do all the heavy work. Yeah. As we put on his armor. Yeah. As we put on... The shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the mm-hmm. breastplate of righteousness, and so you know he's already. We already have this victory that came from him, and so we can simply stand firm. And I think the biggest reality that I think we have to just sit on. You talked a little bit of it last week, is the idea that we are fighting spiritual authorities, not argumentative people. Yeah, that's good. You know, and and I know. <laughs> I mean, again, this is the mystery. I know the devil does use people to do his work mm-hmm. the same way that God uses people to do his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can feel like we're fighting the person, mm-hmm. you know, it can feel like the person is the issue, mm-hmm. but there's something bigger at play. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not, I'm not saying this is puppetry. I'm not saying that person is innocent, you know, completely of their actions too. It's right. not like there's a puppet, you know, yep, yep. making it happen. Totally. But the devil does use things and people and situations and it can feel like we're fighting the person. Mm-hmm. But we have to allow ourselves to understand, though, that there is actually a spiritual warfare that's taking place. And yeah, yeah we need to have wisdom and stuff. But that's why we need the the fruits, and not the fruits, the um, the armor of God. Yeah. Like if we understand that the devil's strategies and his schemes are deception, like mm-hmm. he wants to deceive you. Yeah. He wants to depravity. Depravity is like he wants you to just be the as far from God as possible, mm-hmm. right? Like he just he wants you to do what you want to do when you want to do it, mm-hmm. what you feel right, you know. He he wants to cause doubt, right? He yeah. wants you to doubt that God even exists, that God is even able to, or mm-hmm. that God even speaks to you. Mm-hmm. He wants to cause division, right? He wants to just and he wants to destroy. If God is creating life, he wants to destroy that life. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that the devil does on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that God would give us the he would give us the 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 belt of truth. Right. To to combat the the schemes of deception. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What what is truth? Mm-hmm. We would know what truth is. Mm-hmm. He would. It's, it makes sense that he would give us a breastplate of righteousness, so that we would guard our heart mm-hmm. against sinful desires mm-hmm. and depravity that would pull us away from God. You know, David says, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you." Yeah. Right? Like it, it, it protects our heart. The gospel of peace. In faith, like that against against the the doubt and division that's gonna pull us in different directions, you know, the helmet of salvation, right? Like these things are there to protect us mm-hmm. from the repeating schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. And then the best thing he does is that he gives us so these are all defensive, right? So we're defensive against the schemes of the devil. But then he gives us the one offensive weapon, which was the word of God. Yeah. Right? And the word of God is ours to learn how to wield. Again, we don't he's given us we're again we're not taking ground with it we're just standing on the ground that's already been taken mm. but it's how we defend actively defend uh our faith and and take ground um you know in, in our as followers of jesus that we actually speak the word of god i, I love that when jesus was in the, in the wilderness he's tempted in the wilderness and the devil was tempting him he was trying his old tricks on jesus he defended it by just speaking the word mm-hmm 
And one, so I think it's important that we know the word, but not only that, that we actually verbalize the word. I think there's a power to not just reading the word internally, but actually speaking the word mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think one, it helps us memorize it more. I think it helps us kind of hear it differently too. But I actually think it, it, there's something about speaking the word into a moment, even if we're by ourselves. You know, it's like we're just speaking the word. Yeah. Um, the Satan is not omniscient or all knowing, and he can't know your thoughts as well intended as they may be. Mm-hmm. So when you're fighting spiritual things, you have to fight in a spiritual Wait, you said something like that yesterday. Yeah. Spiritual issues. Spiritual matters need spiritual solutions. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like, you actually have to do what Jesus did and speak it out. Yeah. And the not scary part, but the part to be aware of is that the the devil probably knows the Bible more than we do because he used that to yeah. fight the word of God. Oh, totally. And in a deceptive way. And it's, and that's that's so critical, right? Because this the, the most... Um, the most deceiving deceptions, again, if we want to use the word twice. No, it's true. Is always carries a little bit of truth. Yeah, twisted truth. Right? Half truth. It's half truth. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. So it must all be right. Exactly. And that's the devil's playground. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, right? And that's what he does. And that's what that's why you see so much division and confusion mm-hmm. within the church. We're all reading the same thing. We're all reading the same scripture, but we're not studying it. We don't know it. We're not utilizing it effectively. Yeah. And so, you know, this this I love, and I don't take any, you know, I, I, I would say, don't take my word for it. You know, it's almost like my should be my coin for every preach message I preach. I just open the word of God, and I preach it. But don't just take my word for it. Yeah. Go and study it for yourself. Read it, totally. You know, read it, and know for yourself. Absolutely. Because, again, you need to hear the word of God, and that's the beautiful reality that we have been given, is that we're invited in to know the word. We're invited in to know the truth. Right, we're invited to establish our faith through a relationship as we are united with Christ. Yeah, we don't have to just take your word for it. You know, I can know it myself. And what a privilege that many of us maybe just take for granted, myself included, at times. Hundred percent. I just take it for granted. I just overlook the opportunity and the willingness that we get to know the word. And as we know the word, that says the spirit of truth. Right. Well, the truth sets us free. We're overcomers. You know, the Bible says, and not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, a sound mind as we understand the truth of God's word, we're rooted in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And um, and what does this look like? Do we apply it to our life? And so, again, that's where our identity is found as we just find our strength in his presence. Mm-hmm. His Sorry, I just had to look up a quote because yeah. in that, I was just thinking, it's a, I think we've heard it in a message that we sat with together, but maybe you even said it, I don't remember, but Spurgeon said discernment is not the ability to tell the difference between right mm-hmm. and wrong. Rather, it is the difference between right and almost right. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's where the devil lies. Absolutely. And putting on the armor of God protects you, protects you from that Ephesians 4 passage that you read um, of the wind and waves and the doctrines and ideologies of this world. Mm-hmm. That protects you from that so you can know what's right, not almost right. Right. Because yeah. it's cute to hear all these things that sound right, yeah, but they're not. Yeah, I love. It. He says, "So you, so you will not be tossed and blown." This is Ephesians four fourteen, yep. fourteen and fifteen. You will not be blown and tossed away by by every wind of new teaching, exactly, right? And we will not be influenced by people who try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. There it is, right? And and how do you know the difference? 
but you got to know the truth. You got to read the word yourself. You got to be able to discern those things mm-hmm. with the helmet of with the helmet of salvation, the yeah. breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, yeah. like the shield of faith. These things are there to protect you, mm-hmm. to defend you, mm-hmm. and then to engage in conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't be afraid to have spiritual conversations with your spiritual friends. It's okay to do that. You don't have to wait it's for church. In, in fact, it's encouraged. You don't have to just wait <laughs> to your small group. Yeah, you know, but you can actually engage in spiritual conversations with your spiritual friends. Yeah. Outside of just like talking about the Leafs or the, you know, the World Series or Absolutely. whatever you want to talk about. Those are all good things. But but it's in, it's important to engage, to have conversations, and then don't don't be led by your emotions, right? Emotions mm. are great indicators, not leaders, mm-hmm. not good leaders. Mm-hmm. So indicate emotions will indicate something's not right or something is right. Something feels good, something's not. Let your emotions kind of in kind of steer some conversation. But then you have to be grounded in the word of God, yeah, right? Yeah. Because kingdom, the kingdom of God is upside down mm-hmm. <laughs> to our natural bent of, yeah. of how we think. Yeah, and no matter where you are in your journey, the gospel should always offend you in some way, shape, or form or offend um, the, the ways in which the world tries to inform things for mm-hmm. you. Um, and continually being submitted under that keeps us in line. Absolutely. Um, I think we talked about actually just in our small group just recently is that, you know, as we read the word of God, are we reading the word of God so that it can shape us mm-hmm. or to, or to find proof and permission to feel what we feel? Yeah. Like, are we, are we looking at it for it to correct us and direct us or for us to kind of give us a, a leeway to kind of do what we want to do, mm-hmm. you know, as permission? As it's just called bad proof texting. <laughs> right. But, but we do that. I mean, 100%. We, all, we all, we all do that because we all want that sort of permission. Right. And, and no, no, we, we are, we are, we can, don't be conformed with the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. right? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, right? Like it is. it's when you allow the transformation of your mind to actually fully then see what God's really actually trying to say through us. Yeah. Um, but that comes with humility, mm-hmm. it comes with pursuit and obedience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, very good. So yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, we just, it's a, it's a bigger topic, but mm-hmm. it really comes down to this idea, hey, there, there are, we are called to fight for unity. Yeah. We don't fight for unity in our own efforts. We fight for unity by clothing ourselves in, in all that God has provided for us. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is specifically saying is, Hey, there is a, ba- there you don't be naive enough to believe that there's not a battle. There mm-hmm. is a battle going on. Yeah. That's, that's not a flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And in order to survive this battle and not only just survive, but, but thrive within this battle that yeah. the victory's already been won is you need to clothe your, you need to put on the armor of God. Yeah. And so, so that when the battle comes, you may stand, you know, and you will stand in what he's already done. Yeah, the victory's already his. And very so good. that's what we're committed to doing. Yep. Amen. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us for Sunday Encore. We pray this sparks Jesus-centered conversations in your home or small group as we continue to grow into an overflowing relationship with Jesus. 